I just threw up that lemonade. I had too many lemonades. So what's that? It's lemonade. Because now I feel dehydrated. <laughs> it was too much sugar. I shouldn't have done it. Andy, before we dive in, I just want to let all of our listeners know that mm-hmm. we're talking to Dr. Daniel Amen today, and he scanned your brain. Yeah. And he's going to be talking to you about what he found. And we're going to post those images of your scan on addictedpodcast.com and our Instagram so everyone listening can see what you guys are talking about. Okay. Wake up, folks. It's Andy Dick. And this is Addicted. Inside the mind of Andy Dick. So many ways to turn. So take your pick. All right, Dr. Eamon, you know a lot more about Andy than he knows about you. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for coming to the clinic and getting scanned. Thank you, for real. So I know a lot about your brain. I also read the history you did with Andrea. Uh And so I, I have a sense why we're talking today. But I always like to start with what your goal is and how I can help. First of all, how many books do you have? I've written 40. It's a little ridiculous. Did you say 40? I did, yeah. I've been doing it a long time. Well, one of them, I don't know which one of the 40, my daughter read seven times and my, my, um, her mom which is, you know, my ex, she read it a bunch of times and neither of them knew that the other one was reading it and neither did I. And they didn't, didn't do this recently. They've been doing it like over the years. Isn't that weird? And they love it and swear by it. I don't know which one. My most popular book is called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. I think that might be it. It's been 20 years and sold about a million copies. So I'm grateful for that one. But that's wonderful. And that's sort of why we're here, I suppose, is to see if we can change your brain and change your life. I would like that. I'm at this point where I feel like my brain is and probably always has been just a little askew or off. And I've tried everything over the years to get on track or get grounded or get healthy I mean everything, you can name it, except what you and I are doing here. And nothing really seems to work. So I got to the point where I'm like, well, my brain's broken and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Well, that must be frustrating. (laughs) To say the least, yeah. So I want you to know, I did the big NFL study. When the NFL was sort of lying, they had a problem with head trauma. Mm. And so I scanned 300... NFL players who've been hit in the head thousands of times. Wow. And 80% of my players get better when they do what I ask them to do. Oh. I know you've had concussions. So the history I have talks about a long history of substance abuse, a couple of concussions, actually one recently that was pretty severe that had you in the hospital for a long time. And despite all of your best efforts, things aren't working like you want them to work. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sort of a classically trained psychiatrist. I was trained to make diagnoses based on symptom clusters and then give people medicine and do therapy with them. And about 30 years ago, I started looking at people's brains and I went, oh, we should really look at their brain first and then work on optimizing it. And then therapy's easier. So it doesn't mean you don't need therapy. It's just if your brain's not working right, Therapy's like a software program, and it won't work if you have hardware problems. And so what I want to do is basically look at these four big circles of your life. That's how I think about people. And today, I'll actually show you some of the slides I created for you. But the four big circles I want to talk about are biology. The first week of medical school our dean said, never think of people as their diagnosis, right? So I'm not going to go, oh, well, he's got a substance abuse problem. Always think of them in four big circles. And so the first circle he drew and he put biology. You know, what's going on in your body, specifically in your brain? You know, there's a family history of substance abuse. There's head trauma. There's the toxins from the substance abuse. But I'm wondering if there's not something else, whether it's mold exposure or an infection, something attacked your brain. And I think understanding the physical functioning is really critical. Does that make sense? Did you say mold? Or having an infection in the past like Lyme or herpes or Epstein-Barr. I don't know if that rings any bells. No, I don't have herpes or Epstein-Barr. You you never know if I have Lyme, though. I thought about that because I used to spend a lot of time in the woods a lot, you know, especially as a kid, running around barefoot. And so maybe I have that, maybe a little bit of that. Where'd you grow up? Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Illinois, just like the Midwest. And we were always by acres of woods, and my brother and I would go run through the forest a lot. Well, Lyme, Connecticut is where the epicenter of uh, Lyme is. And so if you look at it, it's the Northeast and the upper Midwest, including Illinois, and the West Coast are rampant with Lyme. I was telling Brandy, I'm in a docu-series with Justin Bieber. And about two years ago, he fell apart. And Lyme was clearly part of that issue for him. And your brain is really hurt. I'm going to show it to you. And I'm like, why? Because if we don't know the why, we can't do the what. Right. Right? Because you've tried programs... I suspect you've tried medicine and therapy and it's not working or it hasn't worked. And so you have to sort of go with a different approach. Okay. So the first circle is the biological circle. The second circle is the psychological circle or how you think. When we were in second grade, people should have taught us how to kill the ants the automatic negative thoughts that steal your happiness. Because when we get unhappy, we then get the ants drunk so they don't bother us or we get them stoned. But there are really other ways to learn how to kill the ants. 
and there's, you know, obviously there's also developmental issues and, you know, maybe issues around being adopted, but all of that is in the psychological circle, the social circles, who you hang out with, it's the people in your lives that either make your life better or miserable. And then the spiritual circle is the last one. It's like, well, why the heck do you care? What is your sense of purpose and why do you want to be well? And understanding people is those four circles. Does that make sense? Yes. So if we start with the goal, is your goal to get healthy, get sober? What's your goal? Yeah. Get sober, get healthy. I've, you know, I've been to 27 rehabs and I've had a lot of sobriety throughout the years. I've had like a year here, two years here, three years here. And, you know, I really didn't even start drugs until I was, you know, later in life. I think I smoked pot for the first time when I was 17 and I didn't do cocaine until I was like 28. So, I mean, I got started late with drugs, if you ask me. So out of your 54 and a half years, Mm -hmm. what percentage of time have you been sober? Percentage? Well, so you can, so we can count my childhood? You bet. Oh, I wouldn't, I'm not good with math, but geez, 20 years. Yeah, so 40%. And do you have a sense what triggers sobriety for you? What triggers falling out of sobriety? Or what triggers... No, what triggers going into sobriety? Oh, just a feeling of, you know, this ain't working anymore and I'm miserable and depressed and I just want to... But the thing is, is that when I get sober, if I don't work real hard at it on some level, I'm just more miserable and more depressed when I'm sober. Has anybody tried to treat the misery? Yeah. I've had probably 20 psychiatrists, therapists, sponsors, all kinds of people. And what medications? Because I Andrea didn't really list. I didn't. I don't do that. At one time, a doctor gave me, oh, shoot, I can't remember what it was, but I took one and an hour or two later, I had a weird panic attack in front of a lot of people. And I've never had that before. So I knew it was the pill. So I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't like pills. I don't like them. So, but you really haven't. Your brain in some ways is a psychopharmacology virgin. Yes. <laughs> I go in and out of the misery. And I, you know, I, I do all those things you mentioned to just forget about it. A lot of it is just hanging out with people. You know, I, I hate being alone. And when did that start? Oh, my whole life. I just like, I'd rather be with people. And the crazier they are, the more distracting and fun it is for me. And I'm like, oh, they're like me. And we can have fun and, you know, maybe party together or, you know, have sex. That gets my mind off it too. You know, something. 
And fortunately, the crazier they are, the crazier you will be. Yeah. People are contagious. They're sort of like COVID. So even when you were a small child, you remember you hated being alone, that that made you unhappy, uncomfortable? Well, when I was a small child, no, I spent a lot of time alone, actually, in the woods. Nature was my companion and the animals, and I had a lot of pets. I always had a pet, and so felt like I wasn't alone because I was in nature with the wild animals or I had my pet, and I always had my brother, and I always had friends. We were always moving, so I would always have to make new friends. And I learned how to do that quickly because we moved about 10 times in my first 10 years. We moved almost every year. How come? My dad was, first he was in the Navy, and then he was nuclear engineer for Westinghouse, and he just went around helping people. I guess they were, he was training them how to use the nuclear power plants that they were building. He, he was super smart. He died. My mom and dad both died. When did your dad die? I was around 28, 29, or 30, maybe even 27. And was he a good dad? He was a strict dad because he, 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 he used to be a lieutenant commander on a submarine, a nuclear submarine. And I used to say he ran his family like a, like a tight, tight ship. He was strict and mean. And how about your mom? She was she was sweet and funny and weird, but an alcoholic, a secret alcoholic. And how did you do in school? Great. I loved school. That was also a distraction. I was always very popular and and got great grades, and they would always keep moving me up. Yeah, and I didn't really have to study, and I just got straight A's. And I joined every club, and I was the president of the drama club, and, you know, I was just all over the place. And what did teachers say about you? They loved me, but I was also trouble. What do you mean? Well, like, I got sent to the principal a handful of times, (laughs) and... uh, (laughs) But, you know, but I was a good kid. I just, I was... I wasn't doing drugs. I was just like wild. In today, today's day and age, I would have definitely been diagnosed with something and given some kind of pill to calm me down. But I was like a wild Tasmanian devil. Reckless, troublemaker. Because one of the questions I have when I looked at your scan and I looked at the history is whether or not you've ever been diagnosed with ADD. No, but I'm sure that I have it currently people tell me that i do in the 27 treatment programs no one has said oh we think you have add let's try to treat that yes there was one psychiatrist i had who said you're not bipolar you're not add you're not this you're not that but i would have a very hard time uh, arguing that with any of my colleagues because I guess I act like it, but he said I'm really not. But he doesn't have your brain, and I do. Yeah, get to that part. Come on. (laughs) It's coming. Is it bad? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we do a study called Brain SPECT Imaging, S-P-E-C-T. And SPECT looks at blood flow and activity. It looks at how your brain works. And it basically tells us three things. Good activity, too little, or too much. And then my job becomes trying to understand why and then balancing it. So I wrote a book called The End of Mental Illness because, quite frankly, I hate the term mental illness. Whenever you call somebody mental, that shames them. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're dealing with is a brain health issue that is basically stealing your life. Jesus. So here is healthy. And Andy, on the left, we're looking at the outside surface. So this shows us healthy this is what I want it to look like. Mm-hmm. And the red, white, and blue, it's not so important for you, but this shows us increased activity. Okay. Look at your scan. It looks like this. Ew. And it looks terrible. That's disgusting. And the holes, you don't have holes in your brain, but what the holes are are areas that are significantly low in blood flow. And I don't like this for you. This is not going to give you the life you want. Part of this is the alcohol and the cocaine. Part of it is the head trauma. And we just need to be serious about rehabilitating it if 10 years from now you don't want to be demented. (laughs) I'm I'm already slightly there. Well, if you did everything I asked you to do... Uh huh. A year from now, your brain can look like the one on the right. Okay. So it can be much healthier. Okay. But if you decide all of this is nonsense, and I'm weird because I'm a psychiatrist, then, no. then it'll just get worse okay. over time. So I think you're at a tipping point, and you could go mm-hmm. one way or the other way. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping you go to the right place. Yeah, me too. Can everybody else see that? Brandy, look at that thing. Are you kidding? Yeah, I can see it. It's fucking crazy. It's gross. Looks like a monster. It looks like a, a monster. Look at that. I'm your fucking brain. And when you have low blood flow, low activity to your brain, yeah. you are not getting anywhere near your potential. Because your brain controls everything, how you think, how you feel, how you act, how you get along with other people. And when it works right, you work right. And when it's troubled, you have trouble in your life. And if you do what I ask you to do, it can be so much better. And this is what I did with my NFL group all the time. Yeah. And when I wrote, change your brain, change your life, It's basically, I was doing before and after scans on people making their brains better. Better. 
Okay. If we don't do anything, it's going to just get worse. Yeah. And it starts by stopping poisoning it mm-hmm. and then nourishing it. So it's not just sobriety because when you've been sober, you've still been miserable. So part of it is going, why does your brain look like this? Yeah. Is it just the substances? I don't think so. I've done thousands of substance abusers. Your brain has a different look to me that is saying trauma and maybe toxins are involved. Mm. And so if you want to work with me, then one of the things I'd want to do is get a whole lab panel and start hunting down what are the other things that could be damaging your brain. Okay. Now, obviously, I would want you to be sober because, I mean, if you just keep poisoning it, it's like, so what's the sense? You see all this white here in the back. That's normal. That's called cerebellum. It's like the central processing unit in the brain. Okay. So important. It's only 10 of the brain's volume, but it has half, 50% of the brain cells. And on spec, it's usually the most active part of the brain. But when I look at yours, it's not healthy. And alcohol is directly toxic to the cerebellum, which is why they try to get you to walk in a straight line and people can't do it when they're drunk and so on. Mm -hmm. These are the four circles that I talked about. And in the biological circle, to keep your brain healthy or rescue it, which is what we're going to do with you, rescue it if it's headed for the dark place, we have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. And we know what they are. And so this is very different than any of the treatment programs that you've been in. Okay. So we need to increase blood flow to your brain. How, how do you do that? Exercise? So yes, exercise. Certain foods like beets can help stopping poisoning your brain. Mm-hmm. And there's a treatment called hyperbaric oxygen therapy mm-hmm. where you go into a hyperbaric chamber two hours a day. I would like that for us to start rehabilitating your brain. So that's one of my recommendations. You know, the maybe smart thing is go to the clinic a couple of times, see if you like it. What does it do? It just pumps oxygen into into the air, into this chamber that you're laying in and you just breathe it in? Yep. So it puts your body under pressure with more oxygen, which stimulates something called angiogenesis, which is increased blood vessels. And that's why I like it. You know, I'm a psychiatrist. Why do I care about hyperbaric oxygen? Because it gets you increased blood flow to your brain. Okay. And there's no side effects. And it's just, and people tend to sleep better once they do this. Yeah. The R is retirement and aging. There's some blood markers like ferritin I want to measure. If ferritin is a measure of iron storage, if it's too high, it prematurely ages your brain. Having you engage in new learning and new endeavors is great for you. I saw you're going to do this piece on the Tiger King, which I think is really fun. But whatever work you do, I want you to do it with a brain that works right because you'll just be happier. Yeah. I is inflammation, so I want to check 
the inflammatory markers. If you're drinking like lemonade and a lot of sugar, that's pro-inflammatory and bad for you. You know, look at gut health and your omega-3 index. G is genetics. Genetics is, well, you have a vulnerability to addiction. And so knowing that and making sure you're aware of that and get help for that is really important. So I always say genes aren't a death sentence. They should just be a wake-up call. I'm vulnerable to being fat, but I'm not. I'm vulnerable to having heart disease, but I, I've been on a prevention program for a long time because I know my vulnerabilities. Head trauma, which you've had, so we know that. Toxins, yes, it can be the substance abuse, but I need to make sure it's not something else that's contributing. Because if you've been to 27 programs, what that means is you've really worked hard to get on top of this and it's still not working. Yeah. And so trying to go, well, why? I mean, craziness, we say insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And so, you know, I read you're sort of done with treatment programs. Yeah. I sort of get why you'd be done. So maybe there's a different way to look. Maybe there's another piece to this puzzle that no one has figured out yet. Mm -hmm. And so I think checking you for toxins is important. Health stuff, this is the misery that you have lived with despite being wildly successful. You were successful in school, you were successful in your career, but yet you live with this misery. It very well could be because your brain has been hurt because your brain is the organ. In fact, there's an area of the brain that feels happiness. And it's right here. Yeah. You see... Two gaping holes. Two gaping holes, right? So here, the area that feels happiness is right here. It's called your medial, in the middle, prefrontal cortex. It's gone. It's not even there. It's a hole. But it can be better, remember? Yep. This can be better mm -hmm. if you do what I ask you to do. Okay. It's definitely not hopeless, but we want to get on top of it. Yeah. So immunity and infections, we have to check. I mean, you grew up in Connecticut, for God's sakes, and maybe you've had chronic Lyme, and that's why you feel miserable, and you medicate the misery, but ultimately it just makes you more miserable. Doesn't Lyme just go away after years, or does it just stick around forever? Absolutely not. It can stick around for the rest of your life and be a major cause of mental health problems. Jesus. Have you checked your hormones anytime recently? No, I don't think I ever have. Because your testosterone level is probably terrible. But we should check your thyroid, your testosterone, your cortisol. Your, I mean, yeah. I think sort of a more medical approach, yeah. a biological approach, might be the best first thing to do. We'll also check your blood sugar. How do you sleep? Not well. I notice that my feet are starting to tingle constantly. And isn't that diabetes? Could be. Yeah. Um, it could be other things. Um, they're called paresthesias, which can ha happen from nutrient deficiencies. Alcohol does that. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Alcohol also poisons your pancreas. So checking you for to make to see if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic is critically important. When's the last time you had a serious checkup? A couple years ago. Yeah. And do you snore? Supposedly. People I sleep with say I do a little bit. And do they ever say you stop breathing? No, but I, sometimes I feel I feel like I, I do. Because sometimes I wake up as if like I wasn't breathing. And how's your energy during the day? Um, it's pretty good. Lately, not so good. Have you ever been checked for sleep apnea? No. This is plenty for us to get started just on yeah. the biological circle. I mean, just quickly, the ants... And stands for automatic negative thoughts, the thoughts that come into your mind automatically and steal your happiness. Yeah. We can kill them. I'm a master ant eater, and I teach my patients all to when they feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control to write down what you're thinking and then question the thoughts. I think that's just... It's just a basic skill all of us should have. It decreases misery and decreases suffering. But the first step is to get your brain right. I mean, that's the first thing. Why do you want to be healthy? Just so I feel better. So I can, you know, be just feel better and do better at my work, be a better friend, be a better dad, you know, just be better. I love that. So if we can stick with that, uh, I always think it's great to write down what you want. So I want to be a better friend, a better dad, perform better. And then before you do anything or say anything, you just ask yourself, does it fit? Does this fit the goals I have for my life? But the goal part of your life is your frontal lobes. And if they're hurt, you might have great goals, but you live in the moment rather than all of the moments. Does that make sense? Yeah. And my goal is to help you live in all of the moments. So if you go, if I do that, then what'll happen? And it doesn't fit my goals. Mm -hmm. So I think the first step for us is to really start to hunt down each of these risk factors and get your brain healthy. So labs be number one. Two, if I can get you in a hyperbaric chamber. Now, if you continue to drink and do drugs, you're working against us, right? If you continue to poison the organ, I'm trying to get healthy. It makes it hard. But maybe there's a critical missing piece that we should go hunt down. So labs, hyperbaric oxygen, and then I would want to put you on my NFL formula because their brains sort of look like your brain. (laughs) And what it is, you're not taking supplements now, right? I usually do, but I stopped in the last four or five months. Well, if you like... I'll send you, we make something called Brain and Body Power Max. And it's my NFL formula. Two packets a day, Mm -hmm. 
multiple vitamin brain boost and fish oil. If you're willing to take it, my formula that just works so well with our NFL. And then I make something called focus and energy to help really give you better focus, which probably is an issue for you given your frontal lobes. Yeah, it is. And then I just keep it super simple. Labs, hyperbaric oxygen supplements, and then chat once we get the results of the lab work back and then see how we go. Okay. I love it. Thank you. So tell me what you heard me say as far as your brain. So I know we're on the same page. That it's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I saw pictures. It just has holes. It uh, It's probably from the substance abuse and the trauma and possibly some kind of history in a, lo a long time ago. And that... It's fixable if I do the healthy minds or whatever it was called. What was it called? Bright mind. And um, which has a lot of interesting things that I'm very interested in doing. I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of nutrition, a lot of exercise, but I never did the hyper, how, how do you say, hyper, hyperbaric? Uh huh chamber ever i think michael jackson used to sleep in one he did yeah i remember hearing that and never knew really what it was and you know no substances no alcohol and then do all those things the hyperbaric chamber nutrition and i'd have to go look at all it was there was a lot of stuff but yeah i want to do it yeah, no, I'll put it in the report for you. Okay. And for my books, I think Memory Rescue would be really great for you mm -hmm. because even though, you know, I suspect your memory is not nearly as good as it no, could it's be. it's not. I forget what I'm saying in the middle of a sentence. Yeah, and I, I know you don't want dementia. No, but I feel like it's creeping on. No, and it, it probably is, but let's prevent it. I mean, that would sort of be exciting. Yeah. If we could get you back to having a brain that's much healthier, the misery will be less because when you feel like you're losing your mind, the misery goes up. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's yeah. a miserable thought. Yeah, and I do feel like I'm losing it. My daughter said to me the other week, she's like, Dad, you're really like acting weird lately and you're forgetting things and there's just something seems to be wrong with your brain. If you do the things I ask you to do, odds are four months from now or six months from now, you're going to feel a whole bunch better. Wow, that's great. So how are you doing? Do you have a lot of clients? Well, I have nine clinics uh, oh. around the country. There's about 45 doctors that works with us. The pandemic's been great for business, bad for the society. Yeah. So, so we're really busy. Wendy, do you have questions? I was hoping, uh, Dr. Amen, if you could you just hint on, you don't have to get into detail, but on the other circles, 
So we talked a little bit about the psychological circle, kill the ants. And then there's the social circle, which is who you spend time with. You become like the people you spend time with. So if you're hanging out with crazy people like you talked about, it's going I am. I'm hanging to be out. chronically stressful. Yeah, I'm hanging out with, with losers, if you, you know, want a term for it. They're just like shitheads, excuse my language. And so I just evaluate, is it, are they people that elevate your life or are they people that steal your life? They steal th actual things out of my apartment and they steal my life and they steal my heart. And a lot of my misery is thinking about them and how, I don't, it's just the dumbest there's one in particular, and it's just the dumbest relationship I've ever had, and so toxic. And I know it. And once your brain is healthier, you'll be able to say no without your limbic brain, your emotional attachment brain going, but I have to have him. Yeah. When we get your physical brain healthier, it's like you can put a break on your emotional brain. And then the spiritual circle, like very few psychiatrists will talk about, but 80% of the world believes in God. It, and it's, I do. So why do you care ultimately? And you, you, had a, you had a beautiful answer for that is I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better person. I want to be yeah. better at my work. And ultimately, where's your meaning and does your behavior elevate your meaning or does it steal yeah. your sense of purpose? Yeah. Because purpose can override even a very troubled brain if you can stay with that. Stay on track and be purposeful, like have goals right. and just stick with them and stay on track. Let me share one other thing with you. Okay. Like I told you, I have an addiction to writing. <laughs> I have a new book called Your Brain is Always Listening. And it's always listening to the dragons from the past that still breathe fire on your emotional brain. But as part of the book, I have my own 12-step addiction recovery program. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you my 12 steps. Because step number one in AA is basically you hit rock bottom and you're out of control. And I like to start earlier with, well, what the heck do you want? If you know what you want, better friend, better dad, better at work, I want to be better. It's like the substance doesn't fit your goals at all. Mm -hmm. So step one is, well, what do you want? Step two is know when you've been taken hostage, which you have. And so, okay, know it. But then step three, and AA doesn't say one thing about the brain, mostly because it was a program developed in the 30s where nobody was thinking about the brain. And I think this is going to be the critical step for you is to love, balance, and repair your brain. Mm -hmm. um, step four is forgive yourself. Why? Behavior is way more complicated than most people think. It's easy to call people bad. It's way harder to go, why? What happened? What's going on? 
Like if you have Lyme or mold or one of those things I'm thinking about, that could be a big part of why this addiction has occupied so much of your life. And even though despite intense long-term effort, it's not worked for you. Mm-hmm. Step five is know your brain type. Everybody's got a different brain. So you have the spontaneous brain, which is the ADD-like brain. Six, lock up the craving dragon. You're at risk for relapse when you haven't eaten, when you haven't slept well, when you believe every stupid thing you think. And so getting your diet right, protein and healthy fat three or four times a day will help balance your blood sugar and you'll just make better decisions. So if you've gone a long time without food or just with alcohol, you're at extraordinary risk for relapse just because you don't have enough healthy nutrients in your body. Get your vitamin D level up. Avoid things like these crazy relationships because they dump dopamine. You're angry, you make up. You know, it's like wherever you look, it's intense, which is bad for your brain. I know you've had sponsors, but having a mentor who's done this will help you and then make amends where you can and then teach other people. And today we're sort of teaching other people by doing this on your podcast, but it's just sort of a different look at the 12 steps. That's awesome. So what's that book called? Your Brain is Always Listening. It's so exciting that you are doing this for me. I think you might be my most important guest. This seems like we could really get down to the nitty gritty and possibly fix my goddamn brain. We really can from what you say. And I like that you compare me to NFL people only because their head got injured like mine, you know, multiple times. And yeah, you're, you're just awesome. Thank you so much. Dr. Amen, I have a question for you. Yeah. When you talk about the, the head injuries with, with NFL, do you think Andy's got a little bit of CTE? You know, CTE is a diagnosis from autopsy. You have to die in order for people to give you that diagnosis. My NFL guys had the chronic effects of multiple um, head injuries. And for them, I mean, sometimes thousands of subconcussive blows. One of my favorite players is Anthony Davis. He's the Hall of Fame running back from USC who was called the Notre Dame killer because in 1972, he scored six touchdowns against the University of Notre Dame. They hated him so much, they put his picture on the walkway so they could walk on him. And in 1974, he scored four more touchdowns against Notre Dame. I saw him first in 2007 and his brain, and I saw him because he was irritable, his memory was bad, and he had periods of confusion And he was getting into fights where he shouldn't have done that. And his brain looked terrible, not unlike Andy's brain. He did everything I asked him to do. Five months later is much better. And I actually have his brain 10 years apart. And over 10 years, his brain has gotten younger. Wow. And so I think we can reverse CTE by putting the brain in a healing environment. I got to stop hanging out with this one guy. 
He gets into a fight every night. He's out of his mind. He's as crazy as me, but I, I think a little crazier. And I think that's what I was saying earlier, what I like, because it's fun for me. You know, the adult ADD part, people who have untreated ADD are often conflict-seeking, negative-seeking, drama-driven, because they're looking to turn on their brain. So you have a very sleepy brain. And so you probably feel awake. Yeah. And why? It's exciting. You're right. I'm going to cry about it. You're right. I love it. So there's a medicine that we like. I think Dr. Drew actually recommended it to you, naltrexone, that decreases the pleasure you get from that kind of relationship. So you can separate without feeling pain. Really? I, I really don't like pills. Yeah, but if you had cancer, you would totally like pills. And people don't see the brain like they see any other organ. And just because you had one bad experience, and, and I'm not a pill pusher, I want to use all the tools I have to help the people I care for. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like, I can't break the addiction, naltrexone has actually got very few side effects. And Andy, one, one quick question for you, Andy. What? Is uh, seeing that brain scan, did it kind of scare you? Do you know that you have to make a change? I wouldn't say it scared me. I mean, yeah, I guess it did. It's not, I don't like it, put it that way. I absolutely hate it. And I really thought it was going to come back good and surprise everybody. But it didn't. <laughs> I'm going to do everything he says. You'll see. So I see it very much like we'll know you're getting better when you start to inhibit your impulses. One of my other young stars, she got sober because she Are was Are you allowed seeing, to say her name? Uh, Miley Cyrus. Uh, oh, fuck yeah. I love her. Joe Rogan, and she talked about me. Oh, Yeah, I heard she was on Joe Rogan, and she got better, right? And part of the reason is she saw that she was going to die if she continued on the behavior. She reminds me of me. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I want to marry her, because that's the kind of person, that's the kind of person I like. She's so smart. She seems so smart, but so crazy. She certainly has been. I love her. I absolutely love her. And she's beautiful. So look at this chart. Mm -hmm. So when people come to see me, they have good days and bad days, but they're mostly bad. And then we intervene and they get better. I like that. That's why I've been doing this a long time. But nobody just gets better. They're better and then they relapse and then they're better and then they relapse and then they're better still. And these downtimes we always want to study them. So it's like, you're Sherlock Holmes, I'm Dr. Watson, and we study what are the triggers for the downtimes. So we don't shame anybody, we just are curious. And so you're the scientist. It's like, okay, well, what was that about? You know, you didn't sleep, or you had too much sugar, or you ate like crap, or you believed every stupid thing you thought. Or, you know, there's probably attachment stuff because of the sexual addiction. 
It's, you know, that triggered something from the past. And that's why when we get your brain right, then the therapy can be so helpful. But just know it's sort of an up and down process. There's no shame. And it's just, well, this didn't fit the goal. Why did that happen? And what can I learn from it? Isn't he the best, you guys? He's the fucking best. He's the best. So I will write you a report. I'll send you a copy of the book. Thank you so much. I got to just do it. I just have to. Otherwise, it's Coyton's. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friend. So nice to meet you. I love you, doctor. Talk to you soon. Inside the mind of any day. So many ways to turn. So take your pick. Inside the mind of Andy Dick. If you are in the United States or Canada and struggling with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, or a crisis of any kind, please text HOME to 741-741 and a crisis counselor will respond to you right away, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Text H-O-M-E to 741-741. And to find more resources and support for addiction, visit addictedpodcast.com slash resources or read the show notes of this episode. Please know you are not alone and recovery is possible. It's never too late. Reach out and get help now.